Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio. And welcome into a very what I would call a very exciting, very um I would say educational um episode. Um our guest will be on in a few minutes. I can't wait to talk to him about his new book. Um but uh I definitely encourage you guys to listen in and listen in closely because we will be talking about the literacy, literacy, reading, writing, things like that. So we always talk about that here. So, um, But our guest will be filling us in on what he's doing in his area to help others out that, uh, you know, uh, that have a hard time reading. So so good afternoon, and shout out to all of our live listeners, as well as to all of you who will be playing back this broadcast. We certainly do appreciate you guys for hanging tight with us, for listening in however you can, whenever you can. Um, we've been a part of BTR for such a long time, and uh, most of you, uh, it's all of you guys tend to be very loyal, so thank you guys for doing that. And, of course, we always encourage you guys to drop by Amazon or wherever books are sold, your local bookstores, your independent bookstores in your area, um, your local thrift stores. Hey, they sell books, too. To pick up some books to add to your summer reading list, um, it's always good to get something um, to read. And we're always encouraging you all to get your read on as much as you can um, 
however you can, you know, if it's at night, if it's, you know, during the day, if it's on Sunday, if it's on Saturday, if it's when the kids are at camp or something, pick up a book and uh, definitely get your read on. It's nothing like reading. Reading helps us um, in all aspects of our lives. You know, it's, uh, you know, it gives us inspiration. It motivates us. It takes us to the next level. It's invigorating. Um, and, of course, encourage others to read, too. That's always important. Um, and your kids. For all of you that have little ones, buy books, 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 and more books because it's nothing like them picking up a book and turning the page and reading that book. That's the most exciting thing ever. So definitely encourage your kids to read and read often. Hey, you know what? The schools make them read like 20 minutes per night or something. Make sure that they do that, you know? You don't have to stand over top of them, but make sure that they do that. Now, today's show is all about our featured guest, Travis DiNicola. I hope I'm saying his last name right. <laughs> um, Travis um, is hes a well-rounded guy. He, you know, um, he has, a, you know, a nonprofit that helps, uh, which is a literacy organization that helps um, adults and their families. You know, he, he's the founder of his um, of his independent bookstore, Indie Reads Books. Um, you know, which I think is amazing. And now we have a book, a new book out. <laughs> called Indie Rights Books, which I think is awesome, too. So so we'll let him tell you guys all about himself. So let's go ahead and welcome in our featured guest, Executive Director of Indie Reads, Travis D. Nicola. Hi, Travis. Well, hello, and uh, I'm great. Thank you. And, yes, you pronounced my last name exactly correct. Oh, thank so. you. I was hoping that I would do that. I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> oh, not at all, not at all. I am today? so delighted to be on your show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I really enjoyed the book, I have to say. And um, But before we get into the book, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself because I think what you're doing is amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And it was a kind introduction. I, uh, you know, we're we're really proud of the book, but the book is, as you uh, said, it's it's really just one part of what we do. And I'm the executive director of Indie Reads, which is the adult literacy program that serves all of central Indiana. So we're based in Indianapolis uh, and then have reached throughout uh, the, the region. And we basically, we're a not-for-profit. We provide free tutoring to adults, so all 18 and over. Our oldest student right now, I think, is about 81. Um, but most of our students are in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. And they're all adults who struggle with reading and writing. Um, some of them have very limited literacy skills. Some read very slowly. Uh, some have difficulty with writing. It could be because they dropped out of school or uh, yeah. because of learning disabilities, dyslexia, or other things. Um, but what's important is that, you know, they've come to us at a time in their life where they've decided that they want to you know, become self-sufficient, take control of their lives, and really, you know, focus on learning how to read and write so that they can do that. And that's where our great volunteer tutors come in to help them, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in small group classes. And that's that's the core of the work that we do. Wow. You know, uh, I'm, 
I'm always wondering um, because I I know that not being able to read or having very limited reading skills, um, some people may be a little bit embarrassed. Do you find that people are coming in by themselves and seeking help, or are they going through other programs and then they find you guys, or are they um, having people come in for them? You know, it's a mix of a lot of things, and and certainly you're right. It's not an easy thing to admit that you're struggling with reading and writing. And um, we have certainly over the years have some students who have, you know, even come in with a wig on or sunglasses or want to be anonymous, and that's certainly fine. You know, I mean, that's it, it certainly happens. And, you know, we've had students who have told us that their spouse doesn't know or their kids don't know that they struggle with reading and writing, and they, they've tried to hide that for a long time. Certainly many of them hide it from their employers. Um, but uh, we, we get a lot of students now who are trying to get their um, – there, in Indiana, it's called the HSE, High School Equivalency Exam, which is similar to what the GED is. And we get a lot mm-hmm. of students who know that they need to get that degree, and they sign up for those classes, and they get in those classes, and it turns out that they don't read well enough even to study and prepare for the class. And so we get wow. a lot of referrals, a lot of students who, you know, come from these HSE or GED classes, and uh, and so we help them on that so that they can prepare to to get that degree. That's that's where a lot of students come from. Others come from referrals from other social service organizations, and then some people just you know they they hear about us and they you know really want to make a change in their life and give us a call or come to our office and and then we start helping them. That's that's. That's interesting that you say you've had people come in with sunglasses and a wig on just to mask their identity just so that people would know that they're coming in. That's, that's uh, wow. <laughs> but that's a big step yeah, that it, they're even coming in. It's a huge step, yeah. To, to admit that you need that sort of help is a huge step for them. We um, are figuring about this year we'll work with a, close to about 1,500 students. Um, is is how many we work with in our different programs, yeah. Why do you think that, um, you know, the fact that people may have limited reading skills or the fact that people, you know, can't read at all, um, at all, um, why do you think this is happening? Because it seems, you know, uh, it seems like um, it's happening more and more with the, um, younger generation uh, because, you know, and I'm not going to say it's technology's fault, but, you know, um, you, we're finding that when these kids graduate from high school, they're having to take um, remedial classes or reading when they yeah. get to college. What, why do you think this is happening? Well, I, I think there's a couple of factors in play. I mean, one thing that we see certainly is we see more students who don't graduate from high school that um, have mm-hmm. dropped out. And, in fact, there's a pretty direct uh, correlation between the, the dropout percentage and the number of adults who struggle with reading and writing. And, and most of the time, you know, kids drop out of high school because, I mean, there may be other issues and other problems that they have, but it almost always starts – with them not being able to read well enough to keep up with their classes. And by the time they get to Mm -hmm. fourth, fifth grade, they start falling behind. They get 
bored. They, you know, they don't want to be in school because they're not able to keep up. And it almost always comes down to them not being able to read and, and keep up with the class. And then they get to a point where they're a teenager and, and so they end up dropping out. And, uh, you know, we, we see that, unfortunately, there's very little help for kids who struggle with reading once they get past about the fourth grade. I mean, all, you know, grades one through three are all about learning how to read. And, and if you get yeah. it in that time, that's great. But if you don't, then you're sort of on your own. And whether it's, you know, I mentioned dyslexia, that's a big part of it. A lot of schools just mm-hmm. don't have the resources to provide, you know, that assistance for kids with dyslexia. And it can be really expensive to get that sort of tutoring. So a lot of of families who don't have the means um, end up not being able to provide their kids with that support. You know, I don't know that we're necessarily seeing more people that can't read. I think the the issue comes down to that there's, it's so much harder to get by in society today if you can't read, you know, and Mm, whether it's you know on a computer or on a phone or whatever you have to do. And, you know, in in the past, I mean, if you think back, you know, maybe 20, 30, 40 years, there were a lot of good jobs that people could get where there really wasn't any reading required and and people could make a decent living and get by. And, you know, you may not even need a high school degree and you could get a good job in in a factory or doing construction or on a farm or whatever it may be. And not that those jobs still don't exist, but even those jobs require a lot more reading than they used to. I mean, we we work with a lot of students who try to get jobs in warehouses and, you know, there's so much reading that goes on to be able to figure out the logistics of where things go. And so I, I think that part of it is there's just so much more of a need to be able to read um, yeah. that, that that's where you start to see the increase in it. You know, um, and I'm sure that you guys hear about, you know, the changes in the school system each and every year, mm-hmm. which they they seem to change things up. Like now they seem to focus on uh, more reading and math skills, and the writing has fell by the wayside. Why do you think that's happening? Yeah, that's a real interesting thing, too. I mean, um, and, and I'm, it's hard to say why it's happening other than that I think that – um, you know, the things that they focus on are maybe things that are easier to test. And, mm-hmm. and you know, testing writing, evaluating writing um, takes a longer time, is hard to do. Um, you know, I, I, I am certainly one for focusing on the basics. I mean, I, I, I want to see, you know, the arts and, and other programs in schools as well. But, you know, you got to you know, get those basics down first, you know, reading and writing, yes. you know, is, is pretty fundamental to everything else. And, you know, one thing that's interesting, though, in terms of people who have um, good reading skills but maybe poor writing skills, those tend to be a lot of the people that we work with in the jails and other criminal justice programs um, that we'll oh, wow. see uh, both men and women who, um, you know, have some decent reading skills, you know, and, and they have the time to read. But um, but they really have never had much experience in writing themselves. and And so a lot of our work that we do with those uh, students uh, tends to be focused on, you know, on how to write, you know, a sentence or a paragraph or a letter or whatever it may be. Wow. That's, that's something. Um, It wasn't that long ago that someone had put out on social media 
that the art of cursive writing is basically non-existent, and that is so true. Uh, you know, I can remember, you know, learning cursive when I was in first grade, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, but it's not taught anymore. And uh, the, they don't focus on the writing skills, you know. They're focusing on the reading, and I get that. But it's almost mm-hmm. like, um, you know, the writing skills, it's almost like they're saying, well, you don't need that right now. And then I feel like you do need that. You definitely need that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, you oh, know, yeah. these schools have just changed a lot of things up. And, uh, you know, I'm just like you. You definitely need those basics down in order to function. You need your basic math. You need your reading. You need your writing, as well as all the other things, music and, and you know, gym time and things just like that. I, I think everything helps. But it's sad, though, that there's no time for or that they feel that it's no time. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, it, it, it's a very interesting thing to deal with. And, um, you know, and a lot of people are, are amazed to find out that there are so many people in our country who struggle with reading and writing. They think, you know, how's that even possible? But um, yes. unfortunately, it yes. really is. I mean, it's, you know, the, the estimate is, I mean, really across the country, that about 20% of the adult population in the United States struggles with reading and writing. You know, and, and again, that doesn't mean that they're entirely illiterate, but it does mean that they're, yes. you know, probably not reading quite well enough to even fill out a job application or read a newspaper or what have you. Wow. And it certainly that affects really a lot of nothing. other things, too. I mean, you know, it, it, it it's not just about, you know, picking up a book. It, it affects people's health um, because they're not able to yeah. read prescriptions or really understand, you know, their medical needs. In fact, it's been estimated that someone who struggles re- with reading and writing are gonna have, is going to have um, health care costs about five times greater than, than the general population. And a lot of that's because they really rely on emergency rooms for their care because in the emergency I'm... rooms, they fill out the paperwork for you. So you don't have to fill out the paperwork yeah. and, you know, instead of going to a doctor, and that becomes very expensive. Um, but then you also have things like banking. A lot of our students struggle with managing their own, you know, checking accounts or banking accounts or understanding leases or payday loans or what have you. And sometimes they yeah. often rely on someone else to do their banking for them and it ends up, you know, they get ripped off. Um, oh, you know, there's yeah. a lot of things that are are tied to transportation is a is a big issue. You know, you know whether you can get a driver's license or even you know figure out a bus schedule um, really can limit you know where you can go in in your world. So uh, you know it's it's not just about picking up a book for pleasure. Though you know yeah. we like we like to do that too. Yeah, that is that that's really something, and and I'm so happy to hear that you guys are just on it. You guys are doing your part. And um, with this book, tell us all about the book and how it came together. I'd love to. Yeah, thank you. It's um, We're really excited about this. I mean, um, we, we in addition to, to running the Indie Reads organization, we opened up our first bookstore um, about three years ago. We just celebrated our third anniversary. And the bookstore is called Indie Reads Books, and it's both used and new. And it's located right in the middle of downtown Indianapolis, sort of in an arts and cultural district. And it's just a, a great, great store. And, and one of the things that's been really fun 
about running this bookstore is that we've been able to have so many events there, and, and we have a stage there and space uh, for about 50 chairs plus some other chairs, and and we've on average been doing about 250 or so events every year since we opened, and that includes everything wow. from author signings and readings to poetry readings and chess clubs and classes and you know concerts with you know musicians and some movie nights and so lots of things, but most of it's you know obviously author focused, and we've got such a great literary community here in Indianapolis right now and and so many of the authors who are part of that that community have been such great supporters of the store and have you know they shop at the store they come hang out at the store um they do readings and workshops there and we were you know there was there was a point when we not long after we first opened where I was sitting there during a reading um with a number of different authors including one of them Kathy Day uh, who teaches at Ball State University and is a great author. Her book, Circus in Winter, is just incredible. And Kathy was reading this short piece that uh, was really kind of fascinating about how the old um, uh, visiting cards that people would drop off like 100 years ago uh, are sort of the equivalent of like Facebook today in terms of, you know, oh, showing like, wow. you know, how many, how many cards <laughs> do you have and, you know, who likes you and that sort of stuff. And it was this really fun piece. I was thinking, man, I would love to publish that. And started, you know, thinking more about it and talking to a lot of the authors who were coming to the bookstore. And and that's when, you know, it, we're looking at sort of this great history of bookstores that publish books, like, you know, Shakespeare and Company in Paris or City Lights in San Francisco. And we're like, you know, we really need to publish a book and and bring together the work of these amazing Indiana authors that have been so great in supporting our bookstore. So I first started um, talking to uh, Dan Wakefield, uh, who's sort of this this the um, in many ways kind of like the, the godfather right now of of Indiana authors, and and Dan was uh, very very close friends with Kurt Vonnegut and has um, authored uh, uh, and edited many books of Vonnegut's letters and speeches and such. But Dan also has written a number of incredible novels as well as uh, nonfiction, and was big part of the literary scene in New York back in the 50s and 60s and and, and such and um you know his some of his books like going all the way um uh have been made into movies and anyway and Dan's wow. just this really generous generous man and and uh great supporter of the organization the store and Dan was like yeah absolutely like I want to be a part of this and you know I want to write your introduction sort of about the history of Indiana authors and you know include a piece as well and then after Dan was so enthusiastic about it. I went to John Green, and you've probably heard of him. I'm guessing John mm-hmm. Green. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. A few people, you uh-huh. know. And, and at the time, you know, it's. I mean, you know, and John lives here in Indianapolis, and and uh, you know, his, his movie Paper Towns is coming out now, and you know, of course, Fallen mm-hmm. Our Stars, and mm-hmm. and you know, and John just has such an amazing following of of readers and and fans, and. You know, we we really thought, you know, if we can get John to be a part of this, it's really going to help the book in terms of oh, of getting some attention to it. You know, and 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 John has been 
is such a great support of the organization over the years as well. I mean, the first author we had at the store when we opened it three years ago was John. And, um, and you know, he, he's been really generous, and he and his wife are great donors and supporters of the organization and um, come to a lot of our events and, and, you know, whenever they're in town, you know, have, have been just amazing to, to help us out. And so John, you know, was like, yes, absolutely, I will, you know, include, you know, give you some work that's not been published before that you can put in this book. And and once we had John and Dan signed on, then, you know, all these other authors, Indiana authors who have been supportive of the store, like, I want to be in it, I want to be in it. And, you know, and, and <laughs> next thing we know, we've got, you know, 29, you know, authors, I mean, everything from, you know, essays and puzzles yeah. and fiction and nonfiction and poetry. And, you know, some of these authors, you know, obviously like, you know, John Green and, and Dan Wakefield, a lot of people have heard of, um, other mm-hmm. authors may be, you know, new to other readers, but, you know, there are people that we all in Indianapolis and Indiana know and love. Uh, Terrence Faraday, who's just this amazing mystery writer, or John David Anderson, who's a young adult writer who I just really enjoy, and Barb Shoup, uh, who's written a number yeah. of, of great novels mm-hmm. for both adults and teens, you know, um, mm-hmm. and so many others that, you know, donated their work to this book. And, and you know, a, a one that's a really fun one is, you know, for people who do like puzzles, um, Will Shorts, who's the New York Times crossword puzzle editor and, and the NPR puzzle master and all that. He's originally from Indiana, and um, Will was very familiar with the organization and had said to me one time, you know, if you ever need something from me, a puzzle or something, you know, to help out with a fundraiser or whatever, let me know. And so when we started working on this book, I'm like, Will, you want to do something? He's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so, you know, he created a piece and then um, the guys who do the jumble puzzle, uh, um, uh, who uh, uh, actually the cartoonist for the jumble puzzle uh lives here in town and uh, uh jeff knurk and he's just been a great supporter and he made up a jumble specific for the book there's a lot of fun things what we what we asked all the authors to do was to contribute something whether it was a new piece or unpublished um and i think only one piece in the entire book was published somewhere else before but um so uh, contribute a piece that had something to do with either books or reading, or writing, or bookstores, or something like that, and um, and so we call the book a, a book lovers anthology because it's all these different authors all writing about in some way, you know, their love of of books and bookstores and reading and writing, and you know, all of them donated their work because they knew that it was going to support the you know Indie Reads bookstore as well as the Indie Reads literacy programs. So we're we're really That's happy amazing. with it. Amazing and and. You know, you say it's a celebration of um, literacy, and it is. It, it just, you know, there's so much work in here, there's so much great stuff in here. Um, you know, you're just excited about reading, like, some of the poetry and some of the stories and things just like that. Well, what has been the response from a readers regarding the book? You know, it, it's been it's been really interesting. I mean, I think what what's been exciting is especially when I hear a reader say, you know, I bought the book to support the organization, or because I knew, you know, John Green was in there, whatever. But you know, I love Ben Winter's story, and I've never read him before. You know, or yeah. um, you know, or Susan Neville's uh, piece in here that's sort of a, a playoff of James Joyce's The Dead, and uh, is just this incredible, beautiful piece. And so many people have responded like, you know, wow, you know, now I've gone out and, you know, bought her books. 
um, I think that's one of the coolest things that, you know, that we're, we're able through this book to really help support these writers that have all been supportive of us and, you know, introduce these writers to new readers who maybe they wouldn't have connected with before. You know, as I said, I, you know, there, a lot of them are known locally, but maybe they, they aren't all, you know, recognized regionally or nationally. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so to be able to, to do that has been really cool. And, you know, the book is, a, it's a real mix. It's a, you know, it's been described as sort of like a, almost a variety show of collection. Cause it's, you know, I mean, with all these different authors, you know, it, it's kind of all over the place, but, yeah. um, <laughs> You know, I, I it's uh, but we're re- we're really proud of it though. There's there's some great work in here. You know, I enjoyed reading all the works as we were getting the submissions, and then I went back after we published the book and reread the whole thing. You know, cover to cover to see sort of how it flowed, and and you know, I, I think there's a real there's a sense of a story of just you know how important books and reading and writing are that this book really conveys. Um, something else about it too that you know we're really proud about is just physically the book. Um, you know, is it's a hardcover. It doesn't have a dust jacket. It has a really nice tactile feel to the the cover and the pages, and you know even sort of the typeface and design was something we took very very seriously. And and when we did that, when I was working with the designers on this, I basically grabbed a ton of books off my shelves of like favorite books that I have, you know, and, and books that <clears throat> not just I love the story, but I remember reading, them, you know, and I, whether it was as, as a kid or as an adult, I, you know, I, I have a memory of, of how that book felt and looked that was a big part of why that book was important to me. And, and so I, I laid out all these books in front of our designers and, and said, look, this is what I like in a book. This is the typeface or the size or, you know, the feel and the texture and stuff. And, and the two designers I was working with were just amazing, sort of taking all that and creating this book that I, I just think is, is beautiful and, and feels good and, you know, feels like a book and looks like a book that, you know, you want to keep with you always. And, you know, it, it was really fun when I when we first got the books, you know, from the printer and I was sharing them with all the different authors and I was dropping them off for John Green and he picked his up and he's like, wow, this is great. This feels better than my books. It's prettier than my books. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, so that was you know, pretty cool. I, it, it is, and and you know, in in today's society, you know, we have a lot of eBooks where we're downloading and we're putting it on our phones, our Kindles, and things like that. But you know, just to just to pick up a book, just to be able to feel it, just to be able to turn the page, is just. Amazing. Um, I'm a, you know, me, I'm such a fan of just hardback books in general that mm-hmm. when I picked this book up, I was like, wow, it feels like something that I've read before. That's the feeling exactly, that you yeah. when you pick it up because, you know, I mean, uh, it goes beyond um, the, um, the, um, the design of it. It's, you know, it just has a good feeling about it, which I think is awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's that was a really important part of it for us. You know, I mean, yeah. look, I, you know, as someone who runs an adult literacy program, I got no problem with ebooks. I mean, I, however people want to read, they should read, you know. But, yeah. you know, for, for this particular book, we just wanted something that was a real celebration of of a book. And uh, and I think we, I think we got it. I think we nailed it. You know, it's it's been a, a great project to work on. And, 
you know, all the authors have been just so generous with, you know, their time and their talent. And, and it's, it's been a really cool thing to be able to, to put together. And I'm, I'm really excited that, you know, the book is getting out there now um, outside of Indianapolis and, and other people are starting to pick it up and, and share it and read it and, uh, you know, and find out like, wow, there's some, there's some cool stuff going on in Indy right now. You know, yeah. we've got, we got some great <laughs> writers here. Yeah. Absolutely. So what's next for you? What's your um, next, uh, where are you going next? Are you guys having any events at the uh, bookstore or, you know, what's next? Well, um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we've always got different events coming up at the bookstore and, and I encourage people to check out our bookstore's website, Indie Reads Books, and it has a full calendar there and people can order the book there and check out, you know, all the stuff going on at the store and, and, and support us that way. Um, we're really excited about a project we're working on right now in collaboration with the Indianapolis Museum of Art. Uh, they are bringing in a an artist by the name of Richard Wentworth, and he's an artist who creates installations with books, right? And so, uh, you know, when we heard that, we're like, oh, well, we want to do something and be a part of that. And and so right now, mm-hmm. we're actually partnering with the um, with the IMA, the Indianapolis Museum of Arts uh, Contemporary Art Curator Tricia Pock, and we're working with her on sourcing a whole bunch of books over the, the next uh, month or so for um, an original installation that, uh, that Richard Wentworth, Wentworth is going to create at the museum in September. And so what that means, sourcing books, is we, we've got these great um, sort of uh, boxes that are, they, they kind of remind you of like uh, maybe like the, the box that you put like your luggage in before you get on a plane to make sure it fits. Um, and it, oh, but it's wow. for the collection of books, okay? And um, because this artist, Richard Wentworth, needs very specific types of books, hardcover, they can only be so big, not too small, that sort of thing for this installation he's planning. So we're working with the art museum and our volunteers are collecting books and people are are donating books at the museum and at our bookstore. And uh, the volunteers and then the curator are going to sort through them and pick out, um, it sounds like maybe a thousand or so books that are going to be then used by Wentworth wow. in this installation and what we think it's going to be like we're still not sure cuz you know this is this is all still happening as we speak but he's probably going to be hanging the books from um this very large uh, sort of round tall atrium space at the art museum at the entrance of the museum and creating sort of a suspended book sculpture in that space with all these books wow. and uh so we're we're really excited to to be working with the the art museum and this artist and creating this piece that's you know kind of a celebration of books as well but in a very different way. Um so that's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Wow. Are you guys going to have a um are you going to throw something around it after it's completed like a nice little outing, a nice, you know, just to introduce it? Oh, we're gonna have a great party. <laughs> we're, we're definitely gonna do that. We're, yeah, the the official opening for the exhibit is on um, Thursday, September twenty fourth, and um, so we're gonna be doing a big party and reception for the artist and and for people to come see the work at the Indianapolis Museum of Art that night, and uh, and that that'll be a lot of fun. Wow, that's amazing. I think what you guys are doing is just amazing, I mean, off the charts, amazing, just to, you know, 
Thank you. You know, just to be able to inspire people and just literally help people to just read and just write and just, you know, really get their footing. And, and, and that truly means a lot. It, it really, really does. And um, I, I'd just like to thank you for just spending part of your day with us and telling us about what you guys are doing about this wonderful book, and uh, we definitely invite you back, definitely. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. Love to chat with you again and keep giving you updates. And, you know, at some point we'll be working on on publishing a second book, and we'd love to tell you about that too. Absolutely, definitely. Well, Travis, thank you so much, and we wish you guys all the best. I know you guys are are, are, are just doing some great things, but with upcoming events and projects and stuff, we wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much for stopping by. You are very welcome. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody. That was Travis D. Nicola, Executive Director of MB Reads. And let me just say that reading and writing is really important. Um, besides the the book that they have presented and published, it is available, okay. <laughs> Indie Writes Books, a book lover's anthology featuring John Green, um, Ben H. Winters, Kathy Day, Barbara Shoot, and so many and so much more. Um, definitely pick up the book. Um, it is a really good read. It has so many different things in it. Oh, I love it. You guys have to get it. Please get it. <laughs> you know, it's a you know, it's a book with a lot of different meat in it. You know, these are like uh, heavyweight authors that have contributed to this amazing book, everybody. Um, you know, and 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 they are local authors. Um, you know, basically, who who have helped Indie Reads, the independent bookstore, grow and thrive. You know, um, you know, just like um, Travis said, the book features fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and puzzles centered around bookstores and reading. You know, uh, uh, just amazing. It's amazing. And let me just say, when I said that, when you pick it up, it feels like, you know. Just the feeling from it, you know, if you guys believe in energy, good energy, bad energy, whatever, you know, kind of in middle energy or whatever, <laughs> um, if you guys believe in good energy, this book brings about good energy, just the feel of it, it's smooth, the look of it, it's, you know, it gives you almost like a nostalgia feeling, but it has so many amazing stories and pieces of poetry in it. Um, just very interesting things in it. Um, if you guys missed um, this interview with Travis D. Nicola, um, uh, what a joy to talk to, um, I have to say. Lots of information, lots of statistics about literacy, illiteracy, what they're doing. They're even going inside of the jails and helping them. How great is that, everybody? But, you know, getting back to this book, this book has such has such a great feeling behind it. You know, people donated a lot of their work, and, and, you know, I think it's just amazing. So definitely head on over to the website. Get yourself a copy, okay? (laughs) 
get yourself a copy of the book. Um, and again, or you have to Google Travis D. Nicola, and he pops up everybody. Indy Wright's book is a celebration of literacy and a celebration of the amazing authors who are making Central Indiana a thriving literary community. Um, and it is just that. So if you guys, when you guys play this back, take inspiration from this episode alone and go out in your own communities and help people to read. You know, look, sometimes, look, folks embarrass. But look, they have nothing to be embarrassed about. At least they're seeking help. And, 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 and it starts with just seeking out the help to just learn how to read. But with this book, you guys, look, it's titled Indie Wright's Book, A Book Lover's Anthology, okay? So definitely go out and get this book. Support them, support the authors, support the cause. Get into the fight and help people to just read and write and just love the joy of reading, love the joy of writing, um, you know, through just inspiring people and motivating people. If you know how to read and write to the best of your ability, it's awesome. But for someone that does not, hey, you know, it makes things a little hard. And, uh, you know, it's up to us to just, you know, push those folks along, you know, so that they can seek help. Um, But, again, head out and get this book. Um, It's amazing. I love it. I read it. I hope you read it, too, and pass it along and share it with other people. So with that said, everybody, this is your girl, the Literary Diva of Blog Talk Radio. This has been a fantastic, motivating, inspiring episode with the one and only Travis D. Nicola, Executive Director of Indie Reads. The book is titled, again, Indie Writes Books. Um, uh, uh, you know, a joy to talk to, a joy to talk to. Um, and uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate all of you all. And um, definitely go out and get the book. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And God bless you guys. <laughs>